You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. You know one thing I never tire of, and that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is so special, He's so awesome, and He is in my life, in your life, and He wants to do great things for you today in Jesus' name. Listen, I want to minister to you tonight. I've entitled the message, Unshakable. And this isn't an Elvis movie, but it is a message that I believe is going to minister to you about how to go through life and not be shook up, all stressed out, because of the trials that we're going through right now in our lives. And let me just say this. The Bible states, we're going to read it in a minute, that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. But what I want to share with you to start with is that that is not the state of the kingdom after the fall. In other words, if you go back to Genesis, and you'll, you'll discover some things if you take Scripture here and put it all together, that, that Satan fell from heaven, an archangel, and he took one-third of the angels with him. And when he came to the earth, he not only defiled the earth, but he also defiled heaven. That's why we find in the book of Revelation that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he was cast out of heaven and God cleansed heaven. And it's been cleansed ever since because Jesus is seated there and his blood is cleansing everything. Now, here's the truth that I want you to see that's so powerful about this. The Bible said during those times that the kingdom of God suffered violent and it was taken by violent men. Jesus changed all that. He came here, died for our sins, and ascended up on high and sat down. And because of that, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Your forgiveness cannot be shaken. Your destiny cannot be shaken. Your position in Christ cannot be shaken. And this is good news. Because in a time of everybody freaking out, we have Jesus. And we know our eternal destiny is established in Christ. And we know that our forgiveness is secure because of Jesus. And we can stand strong because of it. Now look with me, if you would, over the book of Hebrews. This will be chapter 12, verse 27. And listen to how it says it. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now the kingdom, uh, he goes on, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, we cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we may serve God and accept acceptable with reverence and godly fear. In other words, the kingdom we have can't be shaken. Now, there's power in this. There's great power in this. And I want you to establish it. You know, years ago, I used to get very frustrated every time a hurricane would hit Florida or the Keys or whatever. And I kept saying to myself, why do these people keep building houses there? Because the hurricanes just keep blowing them down. It may take five years or six years, but a hurricane eventually is going to come. But then they started inventing or building homes that were hurricane-proof. And really, when, if you ever do a, a, a study on this, you'll discover that it really didn't cost that much to make a house that is hurricane-proof. 
All they do is a few things. They put uh, some pumps in the, in the, under the house to absorb the water, and they also uh, strengthen the roofs and the doors, and it makes the house, it can, they say it can take up to a, a, a five-category you know, uh, storm and survive. Now, I'm saying this for this. The kingdom of God is designed to take whatever the devil throws at us. There's no storm that's so big. There's no problem that's so great that the kingdom of God cannot overcome. And we don't have to be like everyone else and be shook and be afraid and all that. The kingdom of God secures us. And I want you to understand that because this is one of the reasons why Jesus taught like this. He said this. He said, count the cost in following me. Now, why would he say that? Because he wanted us to be in a position that whatever came out us later, that we could stand. We could stand on the word and not be moved by this or that. And we could see the salvation of God operate in our lives. And God desires to do that for you tonight. If you accept Christ as your Savior, you have a foundation that is so strong and so powerful that whatever you're going through right now, God can bring you through it and bring you out the other side victorious. He can make a mess into a blessing. And I want to encourage you to believe that and trust Him for it in the times that we're in right now. Because that, that's why Jesus had count the cost. Because he wanted you to come to him and be in a position where whatever's thrown at you later, you can overcome. And you know, another teaching that he did on this area was this. He said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, I'm going to have to do some things I don't necessarily want to do. But I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what he wants to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put my flesh down. I'm going to do that. And if you do that... You will walk in his perfect pattern and you'll actually have a hedge of protection around you when you do that. But, you know, in the Western church, it seems like we've reversed that verse and we've basically said this. Jesus, you take up your cross and you follow me. Whatever I want to do, you bless. Whatever I want to say, you bless. Whatever I want to be involved with, you bless. It doesn't work that way. We are to follow Jesus. And sometimes it's through rough waters. But the reality is that God is with us and that he's going to bring us out and our joy is going to be made full. I get so excited about that because when you're in a trial, you believe in God and you don't see anything happening right yet, but you stand in faith and then Bam, this miracle happens. That happens. This person gets saved. That happens. And your joy gets made full. And it's something that isn't just for this life. It is eternal as well. There's an eternal reward that goes with it. And I believe it's for you today. You're not watching by chance. The Holy Spirit wants you to know that Jesus loves you and that he wants to live big in you, strong in you. He wants to fortify you with his strength and his power so that you can have a breakthrough. Now, in the text that it read, it says that this kingdom will remain because it's unshakable. And it's the same term that Jesus said in John 15, 7. He said this, if you remain in me 
and my word remains in you. Ask what you wish and it shall be given to you. Praise God. I love that. In other words, I just got, I got to continually walk with him and I got to walk in his word. Without his word, I can't abide in him. I got to know what he wants me to do in my life and I got to follow it with all my heart. And if I do, I'll get that breakthrough that God wants me to have in my life. And this is not the only verse in the Bible that talks about the fact that the kingdom that we serve, the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the Father, is unshakable. You see it taught by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. I remember one time he said this. He said, those who hear my words and practice them will be like a man who built his house on a rock. When the rains come and the floods come and blow against the house, the house will not be shaken. And in the Synoptic Gospels, it gives this same particular uh, story that Jesus talks about this, this teaching, and it used the word cannot be shaken. In other words, if you hear his word and you practice his word, Jesus said you won't be able to get shook. No, you may be shocked, but not shook. You may be ups upset, but not shook. In other words, whatever's thrown at you, that God will steady you. He'll make you strong through those battles in your life and you'll come out victorious. It may sound good to, too good to be true, but it's Jesus. And everything about Jesus is too good to be true. But yet the scriptures tell us that. And so what I want to do, I want to give you tonight some truth that I believe will stabilize you and one of the things in the Bible I like to do is I like to specifically make a note about things I shouldn't say. The Bible's full of things that I shouldn't say. And if I grab hold of that, I can check myself when I'm under pressure. Am I saying this? Am I saying that? God said not to say it because it gives traction to the devil. It gives him place in your life when you say the wrong things. Remember, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we need to understand there's some things I just cannot say. Let's take a look at a few of them tonight so that you can steady yourself in the storm that we're in right now. Are you ready for it? I tell you, it's going to be a blessing. So turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 13. And listen to what James says, who's a half-brother of Jesus he knows the power of words. He was raised with Jesus. And it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Notice how it says, Let no one say. In other words, he said, Don't ever say that God is the one tempting you. Don't ever say it. You're tempted by your flesh. You're tempted by demonic spirits, but you're never tempted by God. It just doesn't happen. I remember years ago, there was a, a lady that actually practiced this verse and, and actually did what she shouldn't do. And I remember she was complaining one time and she said, Pastor, I'm really upset. I said, what are you upset about? She said, I'm mad at God. I said, why are you mad at God? She said, well, you know, he led me to marry so-and-so. And we got married, and our marriage fell apart. If he hadn't led me to marry him, 
I never would have ended up divorced and have all the pain that I have right now. And so she was saying just what James said not to say. Don't ever say that, that God tempts us. You read on in James and he says, all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of light. Let me tell you what's a good gift. Healing, not sickness. Prosperity, not poverty. That's a good gift. Peace, not worry, frustration. That's, that's those, you got to understand that. Or you're going to let your mouth dig your own grave. God is not the problem. We're not fighting against God. God is on our side. We're in his corner and he wants to deliver us. But we got to pray. And I want you need to understand something. Not everything that we pray about happens in a moment or in a week. It took Daniel 21 days to get the answer of his prayer. It took Jesus 40 days in the wilderness before he returned to the power of the Spirit. It took Mo Moses two 40-day fasts before he got the people of God on track. Things don't always happen as fast as we want, but they will happen if we stand in faith for it. So I want, I want to comfort you with those words. So don't ever blame God and say, Oh God, if he hadn't led me to do that, I wouldn't have this problem right now. No, the problem's not God. The problem is the devil and evil spirits and our flesh. That's the problem. And we need to understand who the enemy is. It's not God. Look at the next thing that we shouldn't say. You'll find this in Romans chapter 10, verse 6 and 8. He says, But the righteous of faith... Speak in this way. And notice how he says it. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Whew. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. Do you see what he's saying? Don't ever say we need anyone to do something to get Jesus out of the grave. Jesus rose from the dead because he was without sin. And when he died for our sins, because he was innocent, God rose him up from the dead and he ascended up on high and sat down. And we are in a great shape right now because of what Jesus did. And he wants you to know that. Don't ever say that I got to do something to complete salvation. Don't ever say, oh, I wish somebody, you know, has went to heaven or whatever. Jesus is in heaven. He's already there. He's already established. He's already seated. You're already in a position in, in him. Don't ever say you got to add to his salvation. Salvation is complete. No more payments due. The full price Jesus put upon himself on the cross. Wow. And he is our righteousness. Not because of the things we do, but because of the things he did. And he imparted that to you. Whew. That makes me excited because of the fact I have weaknesses just like you do. Don't look at me holier than thou. Everybody's got flaws. But Christ in me makes the difference. And it gives me the ability to overcome and prevail. All right, look at this next one. Jeremiah seven, or chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Here was a, 
young prophet. And look what it says. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. In other words, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Here's what he's saying. Don't ever say you can't do something or you're not qualified concerning what I've called you to do. Because you're not the one that qualifies yourself for it. My calling that I've called you at is what qualifies you. You know you're qualified to cast out devils if you're a believer. You know you're qualified to pray the name of Jesus. You know that you're qualified to determine right now in my family, in my house, we've got protection. I'm qualified to plead the blood over my house, my life, and to walk in divine favor and healing of God. That comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from you. It comes from Him. So don't ever say that, oh, I'm too young. I'm not educated enough. I'm not in the right part of town. I can't do this or whatever. Don't, don't ever say that. Because whatever God calls you to, he qualifies you for. Isn't that good news? That God's the one that says you can do it. It's not something that you say you can do it. It's what God tells you you can do it. And you will be blessed. Now let's look at one more here of these truths. This is something never to say. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Oh, I like that. It's so easy to go, oh, I remember the good old days. They weren't that good. Yeah, the gas was cheap, but so were the wages. I remember the good old days, boy, when, you know, we had this, yeah, and you didn't have power steering, you didn't have electric windows, you didn't have i-fi, or you didn't have the internet, you didn't have iPads, you didn't have iPhones, you didn't have any of that. It's unwise, you know why? We got to deal with what we're facing today. The past is all right to, you know, mill it over a little bit, but never focus in on the past. Focus in on right now. What can we do through this crisis to believe God? What can we do right now to, to get our family blessed in this mess? What can we do during this time? Focus on that. Paul said, forgetting those things behind and reaching for those things that lie ahead. There's a blessing that is laid up for you that you got to reach for. You won't find it in the past. You'll find it in the present. Praise God. There's a level of intimacy in your marriage you haven't reached yet that lies ahead. There's a level of financial security in your life that lies ahead. There is a level of peace and joy that you have not yet reached that lies ahead. Let's reach for that and not allow what we're going through to depress us and look to the past to try to find joy. The present life of Jesus, that Jesus is alive, is what makes my joy full. Jesus makes my joy full. Nothing else. Not the car, not the house. It's Jesus. He adds everything that I need. Even when I'm in a bummer situation, He adds that joy and that peace that overflows. 
Thank God for his miracles. And when I'm preaching this, you, you, you all know what I'm talking about. Many of you have prayed for you and miracles have happened in your life. And you know what it was like. You go, God, I don't know how God did that, but he did it. I didn't know how he did this or rescued me and that, but he did it. And he wants you to walk in that. He is our source. Sure, he uses natural things, but he also greases them with the supernatural and those supernatural things stir up what we do in our lives. It makes our life more full and more fulfilling in our lives. You know, something I've learned years ago is this, that everything operates in seasons. There's, there's a spiritual winners, there's spiritual spring, there's spiritual fall. There are seasons for everything. Now, if you were a farmer, you wouldn't say to yourself, all right, I'm going to sow wheat and that's it. Because the Bible said that if we meditate on the word day and night, that in its season, it will bear fruit. That's how it says it. In its season, it'll bear fruit. In other words, I, I, if I want a season of a certain type of blessing, I have to sow for that, whether it be my marriage whether it be my grandkids, whether it be in the church, whether it be with the poor, whether it be financially, I have to sow in those areas so that it bears fruit in that area. I can't live off one harvest of wheat. I want some corn. I want some uh, lettuce. Well, actually I don't, but I'm just using it for an illustration. I want a full meal deal. I want watermelon. I want everything. Don't limit during this time sowing in just a few areas. Sow your love, your patience, your kindness, your joy, your humor, your jokes. Sow seed this time in your life so that it pops up. Bible said that whatever we put our hand to do, well, you can do a lot of things. Some people only do a few things. Let's do a lot of things. Let's stretch ourselves out in a measure that we would bless, be blessed. Now, let me show you something here in this that I think will help all of us be unshakable. And I don't say that to be arrogant or whatever. I understand we all get shocked and troubled and all that, but you should bounce back into what God's provided for you. Say, okay, yeah, I got shook up, but I, I got it together now. Gonna go do another day, another hour. Praise God. God's with me. He's on my side. There's a verse in Ephesians 6.10. It says this. It says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Whew. Man. I look at that verse and I go, it doesn't say be strong in yourself. It said be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How in the world... Am I supposed to be strong in the Lord? Let me give you a way to, to think of it or imagine it in your life. What helps me is this. I, I like the movie Iron Man. I saw it years ago. Great movie. And if you take Iron Man, he's never strong in himself. He's always strong in his suit. His suit cloaks him with his jet pack, with his weapons and all the stuff that that suit has. He gets inside of that. So he trusts in 
the suit's ability to do what it is designed to do. When you're strong in the Lord, it's similar. You're cloaked with the righteousness of the breastplate of righteousness. And you have the shield of faith to extinguish all fiery dice to the wicked one. And now, now it says to extinguish because the Romans, they would have their shields and they had this rather uh, leather substance on them and they would soak it in water in battle. And then when the fiery darts were shot, it would hit their shield and go, go out. Just like today in our faith, our faith will extinguish those fiery darts, those darts of fear, those, those darts of anxiety, those darts of, eh, it's not working. It extinguishes. That's the shield of faith. But also it said the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's when you speak the Word. Wow. It's one thing to think the Word. It's nothing to speak the Word. That's, that's our armor. Speaking the Word. And then the helmet of salvation, knowing what the scripture says about salvation, that we are saved by grace and our feet sawed with the preparation of peace. This is a peace that passes all understanding. And it was, I don't understand how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I don't understand how he's going to keep my family safe, but he's going to keep it safe. There's, that's, that's your armor and you trust in it. You know, whenever you go to battle, you're always gung-ho before you get into the battle, but once you get into the battle, there's those moments of doubt that come in. That's what the armor's for. You may be in the Bible, you may have started out with this whole thing that I'm believing God, no evil befall me, or plague come not dwelling, and you share that with your wife, and you get your verses up, and you're all fired up, and now all of a sudden you hear of a loved one that's got the virus, you're a little bit concerned because you saw him maybe a week or so before, and all of a sudden, you start going, boy, I wonder if, I, if I'm going to have to go through this thing. And then you maybe sometimes speak in unbelief. Well, God, why did you let this go so far? But at those times, what you do is you grab the blessed plate of righteousness. And you get back up and you say, Lord, I confess the wrong thing. I, I, I you know, I'm sorry I, I messed up and... But I'm believing right now because of your righteousness in my life. And what I say right now, you hear because I'm standing in the place of your son. I'm wearing his armor. And I'm asking for help, Lord. And boy, that helps you pop right out of it. And then, you're, and then you just don't think the word. You grab the sword of the spirit and you tell the devil, I'm going to cut you down right down the middle with the word of God. And you start quoting scripture. And as you quote scripture, devils start running. Praise God. This is what it's about. It's about using your armor, your spiritual warfare and fighting the good fight. That's why watching us online is important. It's important to hear the truth preached and not lay down and wait for everything to change. No, we're, what we do today is going to determine the future in our lives. I'm saying you fight in faith. You don't give up. You hold fast and let God move in a mighty way in your life. When you study the scriptures, you'll discover this, that God never abandons people even though they doubt Peter, when he began to sink in the water, Jesus didn't walk away and say, sorry, you're on your own. You messed up. He grabbed him. 
Just like the man that cried out, Lord, I'm full of, I'm full of unbelief, but I believe. Help my unbelief. He, Jesus helped him. He'll help you wherever you're at. He just needs a little bit of faith in you to minister to you. Woo. You know, think about how good God is. That God would even trouble with us. But yet he could have just ended creation and everything once man sinned and said, I'm going to re reboot, restart. He didn't do that. He said, no, I don't believe in creating something that doesn't work out all right. And he sent Jesus to redeem creation as well as the creatures of creation, which are us. He's called to deliver us and to bless us and give us a breakthrough that goes over the top in our lives and I'm excited about it. Praise God. I'm excited about it. Remember, in the teachings in Scripture, Jesus told his own disciples. He told Peter specifically that I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has been loosed in heaven. In other words, I'm giving you the legal right to deal with things spiritually. But remember, it took Daniel 21 days to see results of his prayer. See, a lot of Christians, they mess up. They don't realize we have spiritual power. There is spiritual law that we can use to enforce the kingdom of God and the principles of God. But it doesn't do any good to have a law if you don't enforce it. The Christians need to bind. We need to loose. And we need to keep the thing bound and keep the thing loose. No matter how many days it takes, we can't throw in the towel. We've got to be strong. And say, Lord, I'm binding this. I'm loosening the blessing. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. You just say the word, speak the word, hold fast in the word, and God will bless you in a great way. The Bible says that we are to give no place to the devil. The word place there is a term used geographically. In other words, don't give him any property. Don't give him a space in your home. Don't give, him a, uh, don't give him anything that belongs to you. Don't give him a launching pad so that he can jump up and, and make you discouraged and make you full of fear. Don't give him any kind of launching pad like that at all. No, rather, bind him and loose the blessing of God in your life. Years ago... I got a great illustration about this. It was Joyce and I, we were on six acres that my parents had given us. And I'd never had that much property before and it was six acres, beautiful. And it was all wooded and everything. It was just, it was gorgeous. And, and we um, put a mobile home in the middle of it. It was really beautiful. And I remember I was walking on the property one day just to see how far it went out, the property line and all that stuff. And I came and my, my neighbor had a chain, chain link fence that ran across there. Now, when I looked at my property line, where the property was, his fence was like in 20 feet from my property line. And at first, I was just going to turn the other cheek and no big deal. What's 20 feet? It's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's still my property, so his fence is on it. No big deal. And that's how I approached it. But then I checked into it, into the people that deal with that. And they said this, that if I didn't contest it within a period of time, that would become his property and no longer. So I couldn't sell the place and say, all right, this, this comes with five acres. It'd be a little bit less than that. So I went to the neighbor, told him, I said, listen, I don't really care where your fence is, but 
I, I don't want you to be able to take the property because when I sell, I want to get the full value. And so we went ahead and changed it. He moved the fence and all that stuff. But the devil does that to us. We let him put his fence up. And we say, oh, well, we're going to turn the other cheek. Don't turn the other cheek. Take out the sword of the Spirit and whack him. Don't let him steal anything from you. Don't let him steal your good marriage. Don't let him steal your finance. Don't let him steal your health. Don't let him steal anything in your life. Fight in faith for it. You got a choice. We fight in faith or we get defeated. I know you're going through it, but it doesn't mean you have to live in it. It doesn't mean there's not something glorious on the other side. And I'm encouraging you right now. The very fact that you're watching tonight means that there's a spark of fire inside of you. That God is igniting, praise God. And I know what's going to happen afterwards. I know this much. God's word doesn't, it's not sent out and doesn't come back with results. It's doing results in your life right now. And Father, I thank you so much for the anointing, Lord, that is breaking bondages, breaking illnesses right now. Father, I rebuke that fear that someone has right now. They just have a cold, but they're afraid it's that, that virus. And I break that fear in Jesus' name. And even if it is a virus, the blood of Jesus and by his stripes, you are healed. I thank you, Father. Our children are protected at the river. I thank you that we will flourish. I thank you for all the new babies during this time of confinement. Thank you. We believe in church growth at the river. Hallelujah. Listen, I love you, and I believe in great things for you. And I believe this word has encouraged you and brought you to the ne another level. Turn to someone in your house and say, boy, I feel lifted up right now. Praise God. Dance a jig. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph because the victory is ours. And we're going to see God's glorified in this whole thing. Listen, as I close, I, I want to just share with you a few things. Thank you so much for writing into the governor. We're still persisting that area. Uh, what we're asking for, if you, first time you've heard us online, is we're asking people to petition the governor uh, so that we could have a uh, drive-in church. And what's great about it is nobody touches each other. They just drive their car into the parking lot. We have a stage set up. You turn to a certain station on your FM radio and you hear the message. But yet it's still fellowship, even though we're not touching each other. People got their windows rolled up. It's perfectly safe. But it's kind of an area that, that not too many people have thought about. And I'm trying to get it through the governor so that he'll pull that restriction for the churches so that we can have Easter and other services as well. And so I need your help to keep uh, uh, putting a word out to the governor so that he hears us. And I believe that it is something that we're going to probably have to do anyway, even once he starts lifting the restraints, because it's going to be progressive. And we want to see, I want to see everybody again. Even if I got to walk around and look in the window of the car, I want to see you. And I want to bless you. Praise God. Anyway, uh, I want you to consider this tonight, please. 
Do you know Jesus? Do you really know him? Or do you, do you just know about him? Maybe you're in a religious family and you figure because your parents know God, you're covered. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to be birthed into it. You got to be married to Christ just like your parents did. Uh, you know, I, can't, I could go on for hours and talk to you about people that have been to our church for years and all of a sudden one day they walk that aisle because something clicked. Wait a minute, this, I know all about this, but I don't know Jesus. I don't really know him. And Jesus said, depart from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you. We got to know God. We can't just know about him. Jesus knows that God raised Jesus from the dead, but he's not saved. You got to believe that he died for your sins. And you got to also believe that if you confess him as Lord and say, Lord, take my life over, that salvation will come to your life. His spirit will come into your life and you'll be blessed. Listen, I want to pray for those of you that are struggling with this. Fear is not what God wants. God wants you to be secure in Him, unshakable from what's going on. Make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Don't put it off. Do it now. It don't matter if you buy a family member or not. What matters is Jesus Christ. He is your salvation. And we can do that tonight. All you got to do is participate with me. It's going to be good. It's going to be a blessing. And I'm going to do a simple prayer and I'm going to go slow so that you can pray it at home yourself. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus into this world to die for my sins. I thank you that he took my punishment upon himself so that I might be free. And Heavenly Father, you rose him from the dead to prove to me that my sins are forgiven. And I'm declaring him as Lord and Savior of my life tonight in Jesus' name. I receive it and I thank you right now. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says if you've done that, that your confession has been made on the salvation. Whatever happens, nothing's going to happen to you because you're in his hand. Death has no power over you. Fear has no power over you. Punishment has no power over you because you are in the hands of Jesus. Listen, to help you with this decision, we have a text. Just text Jesus 253-859-0832. It's the church number. We will make sure that you get some material free at cost because we want to see you grounded in the faith. And at the church here, even right now, we have ways to connect with people. We've got connect groups going online. 
We have leadership groups going online where they're talking together. Even though we're in a state of quarantine right now, you can still connect with people. And we want to do that. And then when this is all over, I want to give you a big hug. You know, that's the thing I miss more than anything else, is seeing the people in the church and give them a hug. Joyce and I, the staff, we love you so much. And we miss you so much. But I'm telling you, God has not left us. He's with us. And I believe the best days are yet to come. So Texas, and if you already know Jesus, listen, I want to say all of you, we love you so much. And we'll see you on Sunday at the 9 o'clock live. We're going to preach to you again and give you truth. And everyone that loved him said, Amen and Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.